Hi, everybody, and welcome to Ask Allie, your go-to source for some amazing life advice with a metaphysical twist. I'm Allie, the host of the longest-running spiritual podcast on Apple Podcasts. That's right, since 2005, I've been helping people just like you navigate the mystical world of self-discovery, spiritual growth, and exploration. Today is Monday, December 4th, 2023, and I'm so excited you're tuning in to give me a listen. If you love this episode and want to learn more, please head over to outofbodyecstasy.com. You'll find many resources and information there, including how to book a reading with me. And don't forget, if you're feeling extra generous, please give this episode a five-star rating, leave a review, or share it with three friends. Together, we can create a community of like-minded, spiritual individuals working toward creating a better life for ourselves and others. We are in season 18. This is episode number 42. We are closing in on season 19. I'm going to have to check, but I'm pretty sure it's next week. (laughs) I think it's the 13th. I think it's my anniversary. Yeah, I started on Friday the 13th, Um, I think. (laughs) Anyways, this is the last episode of season 18. Next week, it'll be season 19, episode number one. Can't believe it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe I've been doing this podcast this long. And I want to thank you guys for, you're still listening to me. Uh, I appreciate that more than I can ever let you know. So saying that, let's move on to the magical item of the week. This week, we're talking about the sapphire, which of course is a stone. The energy it represents is receptive planet moon, the element of water, the magical powers it helps with is psychism, love, meditation, peace, defensive magic, healing, power, and money. Now, the Greeks identified the sapphire with Apollo, and the stone was worn when consulting oracles, such as the famous one at Delphi. This stone is worn to stimulate the third eye for a purpose of expanding psychic awareness. The ancient Greek practice mentioned above, which is wearing it when you went to the the oracles, seems to indicate that even though they were aware of Sapphire's ability to tap, or even then, they they were aware of Sapphire's ability to tap the subconscious mind. There we go. Sapphire is also a guardian of love. That is, it promotes fidelity and attunes to feelings between lovers. Anciently, it was worn to banish envy, to promote positive social interaction, and to reconcile with foes. Sapphire can be used for all those purposes within any kind of relationship, not just marital. Its one-time usage for promoting chastity is probably also related to this. Chastity can be viewed as the lack of sexual activity outside an established relationship. Star sapphires are thought to be especially effective for drawing in or inducing love. Sapphire is a soothing deep blue hue. It is worn during meditation or contemplated upon to expand wisdom. When you wear it, the stone promotes peace. The author of the Pseudo-Albinus Magnus Manuscripts of the late 1300s stated that the stone worn pulls the inward heat or anger. Its use in defensive magic stretches back to anquantity. Yeah, I can't say it right. Once thought to scare devils and evil away, 
It is today worn in protective jewelry and during rituals designed to return negativity to the sender. A related power attributed to Sapphire is its legendary ability to guard its owner from captivity. Currently, it finds favor with those involved in litigation and legal matters, possibly because it banishes fraud. The stone will work only if its wearer is in the right or innocent. The sapphire is utilized in healing the body, especially the eyes, which are strengthened by its presence. It also reduces fevers and, when pressed to the forehead, halts bleeding from the nose. Sapphires are also worn as a general health protectant. For, as Budge says in Amulets and Talisman, the stronger and healthier a body, the less chance of evil spirits, otherwise known as disease and infections, have to do harm. An ancient work by Bartholomewus says, Also witches love well this stone, for they lean, they believe, that they may work certain wonders by virtue of the stone. It is worn and used in rituals to strengthen the magician's ability to tap and send forth power. Generally worn as jewelry, sapphires are also utilized in money and wealth attracting rituals. In early ceremonial magic, the image of an astrolabe was engraved on the gem to increase wealth. Star sapphires are considered to be more potent, magically speaking, for all uses. Now, if you don't have a nice polished um, blue sapphire, if you can get a hold of a raw or rough sapphire, it does the same job. Okay. Um, and I believe that for magical purposes and for healing, that a raw stone does a better job than a tumbled or polished or, what do I want to say, cut stone. Because it's it's all there. You know, none of it's been, you know, tumbled away, cut away. The full stone is there for you to utilize. Okay, so that is Sapphire. Now for the Oracle Card Overview of the Week, this is for this week, December 4th. And I am using the Sacred Traveler Oracle Cards by Denise Lynn. You can see which cards that I'm about to draw on the website, um, outofbodyecstasy.com, on this episode's post. Just give me a little bit to get it all up there. All right. So let us choose three cards and see where it gets us for this week. Red energy is high. It is high this week. Again, seems to be an ongoing um, ongoing issue, I guess, that we are all facing. It, it abruptly ends things. You know, things that need to be end so you can move forward to something else. It abruptly ends things. Um, some people have told me it's, it's blown up their lives <laughs> so that they can... Um, do something different, do something new. It's a, but they're still all in the blowing up part, which is never fun. So, what do the cards have to say for us this time? Card number one, card number two, and card number three. Out of the way.
Well, yeah, this, this, this looks like it fits in with the amount of red we got going on. So the card I drew for Monday and Tuesday, that is today and tomorrow, we have fog in. Go slow and take your time. Nothing is going to hurry up and get done Monday and Tuesday. You're going to be working on a project, hopefully looking to end, you know, to finish it up or maybe see some results. And it doesn't seem to be coming across that to happen for Monday and Tuesday. So don't be overly frustrated. Um, you know, just take a deep breath and know basically that this whole week, I'm going to tell you right now, is not a week to push anything forward, <laughs> except for the card I drew for Wednesday and Thursday, which is crossing bridges. And it's telling us that it's a time for healing, connecting, mending, and releasing. So instead of pushing forward to make progress on something, it is a time to mend bridges with yourself or with others. It's a time to heal, to reconnect, to mend and release what no longer serves you. Okay. And then for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to end the week, we have narrow pathway, which is tread thoughtfully. That is telling us that um, people might not be able to hear what we have to say, and we might not be able to hear what they have to say. Choose word, words carefully because if the wrong word comes flying out, the other person's going to know it. Um, not a weekend for making decisions. Not a weekend to ask anyone to, you know, marry you or ask anyone for a divorce or to move in or to move out. Any big life changes. That's just a no-go this week. Okay. Um, this is put your head down. Um, be prepared for things to go very slow. For people to misinterpret what you have to say and uh, just be true to yourself and allow yourself to heal and release. Okay, that's what this week is. So, again, for Monday and Tuesday, today and tomorrow, we have fogged in. Go slow, take your time. Wednesday and Thursday, we have crossing bridges. It's time for healing, connecting, mending, and releasing. And for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we have narrow pathway. Tread thoughtfully. All right, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> this goes with all with all the incredible red um, that I drew for the week. So, here we go. Now, moving forward, let's talk about the topic this week. And I couldn't have picked a better topic, quite frankly. Balancing chakras for overall wellness. Okay, you, I think you knew what I almost said. <laughs> Balancing chakras for overall wellness. There we go. Now, I, I like talking about chakras. Um, if you don't know what a chakra is, it is, um, we have seven major chakras on the human body. And they are energy portals um, that help control different systems. And I'll tell you about this um, later on. But they influence our physical, emotional, and spiritual health. And balance them can transform our well-being. All right. When our chakra system is not balanced, when it's pretty much messed up, think of, um, I don't know, a congested highway in California or Washington, D.C. or Atlanta, and there is a car accident. It takes forever upon ever to get through there. That is what it's like with your chakras. If one of them is out of balance, 
it takes forever for everything else to move. And if more than one's out of balance, um, it, it, things just come to a halt. Okay. Uh, the chakra system uh, is an Indian philosophy from India and is key in yoga and meditation. And there are seven, like I said, each located at different points along the spine and associated with different aspects of our being. So what I want you to do is I want you to imagine or visualize each chakra as a colorful wheel of light at the location I tell you where it is in your body as I describe them. So first of all, we have the root chakra. It is at the base of the spine, representing stability and basic needs, also anger, passion, and manifestation. You want to imagine a vibrant red wheel so that the root should be red and spinning in either clockwise or counterclockwise. However it goes, it's completely up to you, but all chakras need to be going the same direction. So if root is going clockwise, and everybody else has got to go clockwise, all right? Then we have my favorite, the sacral chakra, which is two inches below the navel, or belly button. This governs creativity, uh, sexual energy, um, emotions, plunder, pleasure, abundance, and it is bright orange. Next, we have the solar plexus chakra. This is two inches above the belly button. And this is the area for personal power, for self-esteem, for self-confidence. And this is yellow, a nice, bright, shining yellow. Think lemon, nice lemony color. So we have red at the root, orange at the sacral, and yellow at the solar. Next, I want you to imagine the heart chakra, which is right in the middle of your breasts and in the middle of your um, chest, however you want to, however you want to say it, it is the center of love. Love, 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 and lots of love. Green is love for, um, for others and them giving love to you. And pink is for self-love, uh, making sure that you're okay and that you talk nice to yourself. All right. The heart chakra for love back and forth, that's green, as I just said, and then pink is for um, loving yourself. Next, we go for the throat chakra. It's at the base of the throat, that little indention where it hits your collarbone, right in there. And that is for communication, for speaking your truth. And it is a very nice, calm blue. The third eye chakra, it's right in the middle of your forehead. Um, between the eyebrows, it's linked to intuition, imagination, and intelligence. And this is a deep indigo color. And then finally, the crown chakra at the top of the head, right in the middle. This is for spiritual connection. This is for connecting to uh, whatever you describe the powers that be, God, goddess, um, divine. It doesn't matter, whatever you call, that, that's where you contact them. Also, spirit guides, angels, um, anyone that is uh, a spirit, all go through the crown chakra. And that is in a very nice violet. Okay. Now, signs of imbalance and 
techniques for balancing. And this is just going to be an overview. I highly encourage you um, to, to look at sites. Um, I know on out-of-body ecstasy, I have the chakras on there and what they're good for and, and different things. But I, this, is, this is an overview for you to discover more, hopefully to pique your curiosity a bit. Now, each chakra can show a balance differently. For instance, a blocked root chakra might cause anxiety, depression, anger, while an overactive third eye chakra could lead to a very overactive imagination and cause you to not sleep. Usually when the third eye chakra is overactive and the red is usually overactive as well, that's when you use your imagination for what I call evil. You imagine every horrible thing that could ever happen. That's what you imagine when it's blocked. Okay? So some balancing techniques. You can do meditation and visualization. You focus on whatever chakra it is needing balance. You visualize or imagine its color that I mentioned earlier intensifying and its wheel spinning smoothly, either clockwise or counterclockwise. You can do yoga. Um, the tree pose is good for the root chakra, or the camel pose is good for the heart chakra. You can also uh, chant mantras. Um, you can chant mantras like LAM, L-A-M, or LAM, I don't know how, either or, for the root chakra, or HAM, or HUM, for the throat chakra. You can also use a uh, aromatherapy and crystals. My dyslexia is really... <laughs> really peeking up today. Uh, use grounding scents like sandalwood for the root chakra and amethyst crystals for the third eye, chakra, third eye chakra. Like for the root chakra, you can use bloodstone. For the sacral chakra, uh, you can use carnelian. For the uh, solar plexus chakra, you can use sunstone. I think sun is that yellow? Citrine. For the solar plexus, um, you know, a nice blue agate maybe for the throat. I skipped the heart. Uh, heart is adventurine, rose quartz. Um, the third eye again, amethyst is great for that. And on top for the crown, any violet stone. Any violet stone is very doable with that. Okay. Now, incorporating chakra work into your daily life. It's, it's, Fantastic to bring into your daily routine, and it's it's simple. Um, for instance, daily practice, you can do a morning meditation. Start the, day, start the day with a brief meditation, focusing on balancing all seven chakras. You can find many, many, many <laughs> meditations for free on YouTube. Okay, so I recommend going over there to find one. You can do mindful activities. Engaging activities like gardening grounds your root chakra, or journaling to express your throat, your throat chakra. And there's color therapy. Incorporate chakra colors into your wardrobe or your surrounding area and even your food to soothe specific chakras. All right? Now, remember, chakra balancing is a continuous journey of self-awareness and growth. Embrace these steps, bring them in every day, and let them guide you to a state of harmony and wellness.
And I want to thank you for hanging out with me here on Ask Allie Today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment to rate and review. The more people who listen to Eagles, the more people that can help have their aha moments. And speaking of helping others, remember to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and even Wisdom for even more tips, tricks, and inspiration. And last but certainly not least, if no one's told you today, let me be the first to say it. You are fabulous. Take care of yourself and have a magical week. I'll catch you next time.